everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And as you know that this show is just about having authentic conversations that matter to us on a soul level. On this channel, we acknowledge that health can be achieved by simply focusing on one side or one element of our being. We need to address issues holistically in order to achieve a wholesome health and awareness perspective. We need to address everything that arises physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally so that we can truly feel like our best selves. And on today's episode, I would just like to share 10 things that I've managed to incorporate into my daily routine in order to help me keep up with my mental and emotional state and just to keep myself in check and afloat. So I hope that this is useful to you as it is useful to me in my daily life. So just to give you a background story, because I know that a lot of people who are probably listening to this don't know me, and even people who do know me, maybe they don't know me to that level. Well, I've just been doing a lot of processing and learning and unlearning throughout my life and my experience and my journey. I'm currently 27 years old. Um, just to give you a background story, I think I've dealt with a lot of grief and a lot of um, sorrow and loss in my childhood and in my past. I'm still dealing with it now, but I think a lot of it happened in my childhood. And that's when I had sort of like a wake-up call into spirituality or I could say I had a spiritually sorry about that I had a spiritual awakening as a result of the loss that I've suffered in my childhood like just to give you um not really a detailed background but just an idea um I lost my mom okay firstly I lost my sister when I was seven years old and six months later I was eight years old I lost my mom And three years, probably three years later, I lost my brother. And two years after my brother, it was my dad. And this all happened before I was 13 years old. So you you could say I've had my fair share of sorrow in this life. But also I've realized that with grief, it's not something that just happens. It's not even about my realization. It's just a reality. It's not something that happens one day and then you deal with it and then you're over it it's it's an everyday process and which is why i want to emphasize that what i'm about to share is not no way in no manner is it medical advice in no manner is it psychological advice or it's just my own things that i've been doing in my own practices in my daily routines that have helped me to just cope with life and just stay afloat in my own daily life, in my own mental issues, and my own emotional well-being. So I'm just sharing it because I hope that it reaches someone else out there. Even if it's one thing that resonates with you and it helps you, I would have done my, my, my fair share. You know what I mean? So before wasting anybody's time, let us get straight into it. Well, personally, the first thing out of the 10 things, as I said earlier, I'm going to be sharing 10 things that I just managed to incorporate into my daily routine or rather weekly routine at most that have just helped me stay afloat. And the first thing out of that for me was just taking time out from people. 
And I know this can be a bit controversial, considering if you're going through things, people would say, ha, but that's when you need to be surrounded by people. But I also think it depends on the context of your situation. Hence, I said, just take what resonates with you because we all have different experiences, but I believe that we all connect essentially to a certain extent. So taking time out from people, I feel that naturally it's important for for a person to be in solitude because they get to reflect, they get to learn who they are, they get to detox. For example, let me just speak, let me not say they, let me just speak from my personal experiences so that anyone who's listening maybe feels me. I got to detox excess energies first and foremost when I started spending a lot of time alone. Also, I just I'm just a person naturally. I think I'm very introverted naturally. So it was easy for me to just retreat and you know, go inwards. And I realized that sometimes we are dealing with things and some of the things we are dealing with are not even off us. So just by being alone and isolating I got to remove the things that were not off me, the anxiety and the emotions of other people that I have just held on to or that I've packed on into my experience, into my journey. People I've either interacted with, people I've had sexual relations with in the past, people, so on and so forth. And sometimes you go out there, you go to work, for example, and you interact and you come back and you're like, huh, mm mm-mm. This is not how I left in the morning. It's not necessarily the triggers that you had throughout the day, but you find that it's just the things that you are passively taking on. So that's what I'm re- that's what I'm really talking about in this in this in this context. Things that we passively take on, things that we can't see. And when you get time to be alone, you can get time to take off that energy. You know, the same way that you get dressed in the morning, you come back from work in the afternoon, take off those clothes. It's a process. I think that's the same things with energy. Some Sometimes we are clothed in all these energies of all these people around us and we can't even see it. So we can't take off these clothings. But once you're alone, you naturally allow the process to take off those energy clothes on your behalf. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And you get to listen to yourself. You get to listen to your spirit. Because if you're constantly around people, it is only logical that you don't get time to actually sit down and check in with yourself and be like, hmm, Lise, hmm, Stacy. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I use Stacy. Wow. But hey, if there's a Stacy listening. Hi. When am I actually ever alone and when am i listening to myself and you and you ask yourself those questions which i haven't actually taken i said Uguti and wow okay anyway those who get it will get it i've never actually taken time to to sit down and be like what do i want what are my thoughts what are my wishes for the future you know what i mean and you listen to your spirit at the same time like okay Because our spirit talks to us all the time, but it's not loud. It's very soft and it needs you to be quiet and it needs you to be still. But we'll get there. And also, another very important factor, I've realized that personally for me, intuition is a leader in how I navigate my life. And I could have never cultivated my intuition without solitude. So I feel that it's very important for us to spend time alone so we cultivate our intuition, which is basically our ability to trust ourselves. And once you trust yourself, 
you can trust in your process and you can trust that your inner self and your highest self will never let you go astray or will never lead you astray as long as you you take time to be still and listen to your utmost highest self so intuition is very important to cultivate in solitude and to cultivate in just knowing who you are in the world and knowing how you feel and knowing who you are in your essence and clearing your thoughts also being alone helps you take accountability because if you're constantly around people you can't reflect on situations for what they really are and i've found that it's very hard to take accountability because to take accountability you have to say this is me and this is the situation and this is how the situation turned and this is my part that i've played in how the situation has turned and with being distracted it's very easy for us to shift blame and say the situation turned out like this because well the weather just wasn't that great that day but it's like oh well did you go outside and check how the weather was did you go on your weather app did you you know you also have to look at situations with how you played a part in their bigger picture i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah accountability in order to be accountable you have to be able to reflect and in order to be able to reflect you have to be able to be by yourself you know what i mean and with accountability and with everything i've mentioned comes self compassion when you are like i know that i made a mistake i see how i played a part in that situation but i'm human so how can i actually be better without being harsh on myself how can i embrace my imperfections but also in a motion that is moving forward instead of beating myself up and moving backwards so with solitude comes self compassion comes self love self compassion yo english guys it's not my mother tongue solitude comes self compassion and self love after accountability or within the mix of accountability it's not really like you know and also i'm just sharing my experience so and i found that also with being by myself i've learned what my boundaries are and it's easy for me to point them out and exercise them and communicate them because i've been by myself and i've retreated and i know what i can tolerate and what i can't what triggers me and what doesn't so You know what I mean? There's a there's a lot that comes from solitude. But a lot of people fear it, but there's nothing to fear because we think we fear this void and then you're alone and you realize that there is no void. You know what I mean? Anyway, let us get this going. I like where this is going. The second thing that has helped me might seem very overrated to some people, but it's actually very true. Everything they've said about it is true which is meditation i'd just like to state that in place of meditation sometimes i just do yoga which is like physical exercise and meditation in once of which i consider physical exercise meditation overall but we'll get to that we'll get to that point there's a point for that but it's meditation basically which i interchange with yoga but anyway i love meditation because number 1 it declutters your mind 
you know, sometimes I'm so overwhelmed. And once I sit and I take like even just five minutes to be like, I'm just going to be still, I'm going to be quiet. And I'm just going to let my thoughts come and go. That's when I realized that actually thoughts really do be doing that. They literally just come and go. And when you observe them, that's when you see that they have no power over you. Which is why I like meditation. Meditation doesn't necessarily mean that your mind has to be empty during the process. But it's the practice of observing your thoughts. So that you can realize that they are just things that come and go. They are fragments of imagination that just play over in your mind. And they can pause and they can replay and they can rewind based on what you based on what you want to do about it so it just it just senses me in a way like okay this situation is not over me like it's not above me it's not a situation that's beyond me i'm beyond the situation if that makes any sense but yeah and it's also just time to listen to my spirit because i can feel like i've literally gotten to a point thank god for that I've literally gotten to a point where I can feel when I'm not grounded. I can feel it in my spirit. I can feel it in my mind that mm -mm, I'm just off balance. That's something that's off. Even if, if I haven't picked it up, I can now feel when I'm not grounded. And I think most of the time that happens when I'm in conflict with my spirit. And it's not necessarily that I'm fighting my spirit, but it's when I'm deviating from it. And I'm focusing on other things. My spirit is calling out for me. And it's like, yo, have you have you listened to me lately? Have you taken the time to just hear me out? And that's when I start being like really off balance. But once I sit down and I'm like, okay, okay, dog, you are me, I'm you, but you are the better version of me. Let's hear what you have to say to me, you know? And when I sit down and I meditate and I just listen to spirit, I find that I'm more settled because it's like, okay, now now we good. You've heard me out. You've heard what I had to say. Sometimes it doesn't have anything to say. It's just like, yo, 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 why do you not realize that I'm me and you are you? <laughs> I mean, I'm you and you are me. And once you sit down, you're like, yo, we are one. It's like, okay, I'm good now. You know what I mean? And goes without saying, meditation just teaches you to be more present, to be still. To allow things not to happen to you, but to allow things to happen and realize that you can have an active role and be powerful while still being still and calm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I know it I know it resonated with somebody out there. So I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna elaborate too much on that because I feel like I'm already elaborating way too much than I expected on these points. I literally made like points on my notepad, but I'm talking way more than I expected. So I, I guess that's a good thing. But we also want to limit like, you know, time. And also meditation for me is like being in nature. It's just a reminder of how small I am compared to how big God is. Because when I go out in nature and I see trees and I see birds and I see... And I'm like, ah, do you think when I'm in my house, I have this egotistic, arrogant feeling thinking I'm the only creation that matters? But when I go out there, I'm like... I know sometimes when I run, I was running like um, throughout this year, which is great. I'm so proud of myself. And then I ran throughout winter. 
And I remember it started being spring and then these leaves started coming onto the trees. Wow. The way I said, I don't know if that's correct grammar. But anyway, when they started growing on these trees, it made me realize that God doesn't forget about trees. He knows every single tree and he knows why it goes through every season. And when it's done, he's going to come back and plant the leaves and it's going to be green again. And I was like, why do I always think God is going to forget about me? I love water. Like I'm always around like oceans and dams and it calms me down. I love the rain. But like water just reminds me how small I am <laughs> in this big world. And sometimes you need something to humble you to say, you think you're a big deal, but oh, well, you are a big deal. But I mean, girl, you know, you, you're not the only creation out there. So maybe you need to coexist. You know what I mean? So I, I like that about it. I really do. Anyway, let's move on to the next point. Well, I think the third thing that has worked for me in just maintaining my peace and my inner compass is listening to my body's internal sensations and allowing myself to feel. Now... I did say this is a very authentic platform, so I don't want to lie to you guys. I'm still struggling a lot with allowing myself to feel. I know it's something I should be doing. I'm trying to figure out how I should be doing it, but I know it's something that works. Even when you exercise like just 10% of allowing yourself to feel, it's better than nothing. So I know from that experience that when I just allow myself to feel, even if it's a young 40%, I know it's better than zero because I've been on zero before and that's very toxic, if I should say so myself. Anyway, I just wanted to share this short story. I was listening to um, a sermon by Pastor Sarah Jakes Robert on Saturday. Today is Monday. And she was sharing the story of Hannah in the Bible and how when Hannah couldn't conceive and when she finally decided to confront God, she decided that night that she wasn't going to eat or drink because she wanted to make sure that she was avoiding any distractions on her pain. So let me say this again, the way that I heard it. <laughs> she removed everything that was distracting her from feeling her pain. Ooh, which challenged me a whole lot because as human beings, what we naturally do when we feel pain, we want to distract ourselves. Now, I don't want to offend anyone who may not be religious. I don't think I'm religious, but I believe in God. But anyway, I don't want to offend anyone who may not believe in God, but believes in a particular higher power. But I just want to say that sometimes, not even sometimes, God says, when you feel pain, don't distract yourself from the pain. What I want you to do in that moment is, I want you to remove everything that distracts you from the pain so you can feel it and you can let it go. 
feel it, sit with it, and then let it go. I think that's all I'm going to say for that. The scripture has said everything for me. That's all I'm going to say on that point. Point number four was, I found things or hobbies that ignited my creativity and made me feel alive. Um, I love art. I love art. And the more I dive into art, <laughs> I dove into art the most when I was depressed. Dove, dived, dove. Uh-huh. You get what I mean? But anyway... I think I'm a visual artist. I didn't go to school for it. I'm a visual artist, actually. I think I I paint great art. <laughs> and I draw nice pictures. Well, it's it's sufficient. It's sufficient. It's not school level. But you know what I mean. But you just need to create. Create something. And I also feel that creation makes me feel like I am a bigger part. I'm, I'm a part of something bigger than myself. Because there are things that I've created and I had no idea where they came from because it's things I wasn't thinking about before I started it's things that went on my mind but the end product was like girl you've been perceiving this for a while so it makes me it shows me that there's a bigger hand at play that is working with me as I create and it just reminded me of this quote that said um without the spirit working with the hand there is no art. And that said a lot to me. And also just listening or exposing myself to other creatives. Like exposing yourself to music. I know I listen to music in a manner that is probably considered unhealthy. Because I think I use it as an escape mechanism most of the time. But anyway, it also just grounds me. Because when I listen to music, I'm like, I can't believe God created people who created the sound. You know, it just... It just blows my mind. My point is finding something that just ignites you or makes you feel alive. Like, for example, recently I've been running for most of my teenage life because I played sports in high school. I played hockey in high school. I was running like in Boma grade. Even in primary school, I played sports. I like running randomly for fun as a teenager. So... But I realize now as an adult that I actually like running because it makes me feel alive. And I was like, my spirit clearly likes it. When I run, I feel the most alive. So just find things that ignite your soul. And it's simple, mundane things. Sometimes for someone, it might be washing dishes and they're like, hey, I know that sounds like a chore. But for someone else, it might be like, yo, this for me is very therapeutic. And they relation it. Like, for example, when I decide to clean my house, I make, it an ex- I make it an experience because I know that I'm present and I'm only focused on cleaning the house. So I make the most out of it, you know? So it can be everyday things, which is what life is about. We got searching for this extra sensation and, and, and life is just here. It's right in front of us. We just need to start soaking ourselves in fully and intentionally. So yeah. Okay, so my fifth point is staying away from mood altering substances that encourage escapism. Which is also something I will admit to battling with. Because I have days where I'm just like, okay, I'm centered, I'm centered, I can face anything, I can face anything just by myself. 
And I have days where I'm triggered and I'll have a glass of wine. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm better in the department. I've been worse, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to navigate it, you know? But also, I feel like that this point goes back to point number three, which is about feeling your feelings without any distractions. So the moment that we are triggered and we run to something else, it becomes a problem because we never really fix the real issue. We just escape for a couple of hours and then it's back to square one, which is not even necessarily back to square one. I feel like escapism, if you are on zero and you escape, it doesn't even put you at square on zero again. It puts you at negative one. So it's it's just a struggle. But anyway, what I've learned from personal experience regarding this subject, which is a very touchy subject, especially for just our youth and our age group, it's it's very touchy. But what I've learned about it is that the more you wonder without checking in, without checking in with yourself, like the more you wonder and the more you're just like, what am I doing? Where am I at? How am I feeling? But you're like, since I'm not sure how I'm feeling, let me just escape some more. Is the more lost you feel because you're not really getting back to who you are. You're not integrating yourself. You're not sitting down and checking in and being like, why am I feeling like this? Who am I? What made me get to this point? How can we, you know, how can we fix it? You're just constantly in the state of, I don't know where I am. So I'm just going to float. So you keep floating and floating and floating. And next, next thing you know, it was six months down the line. It's 12 months down the line. And you are more lost than where you started. You know what I mean? And also I've learned that the more you escape is the worse you feel. You'll never escape and be like, actually, you know what? I'm in a better space than I was. It's, it's always going to go downhill from where. It is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. If you escape, it's going to go downhill. It might be like 0.01% downhill. It might be 10% downhill. It's the intensity that's going to change. But the direction and the slope of that motherfucker ain't going to change. I'm sorry about that. Okie dokes, guys. We are doing well. We are doing well for ourselves. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, let me be more serious now. My point number six is... I learn to share my thoughts and my emotions with someone. So I'm generally a very guarded person. My walls are right high up there. I have trust issues, to be quite honest with you. So I found that like just finding even one person, literally you don't have to have this whole tribe. I'm not saying you're not going to find your tribe, just that I'm also just in the midst of trying to find my own tribe so I can't testify on something that hasn't even happened for me but i can tell you one thing you don't need to have five people you don't even need three heck you don't even need two you need that one person who feels like a completely safe space for you and you can be completely vulnerable and also i've realized hence i've been mentioning i've been just reiterating that i'm Speaking from my own experience and my own observations and my own life experiences, I realized that sometimes we want to structure, even when you tell a story or you tell an experience to someone else, you want it to structure, you want to structure it, maybe I'm projecting, 
but it's I, I've just felt like it's human nature that you want to structure it in such a manner that you 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 are not really too much of a bad guy even if you are the bad guy you don't want to be like too much of the bad guy in the story so you need that sympathy or that empathy from the counterpart that's listening to you but it's important for us to find connections and to find safe spaces and people where we are completely vulnerable and we are completely honest. And that's not on the other person that you find. You can't say, ah, the person I found, they make me feel some type of way. It's also up to you to be accountable and say, I am going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And you hear feedback. If you want feedback, if that's what you want, and the person that you're communicating with most probably is going to know you over time if they don't know you already. And they're going to know when you need feedback. They're going to know when you just need support. They're going to know when you need advice. You, you know what I mean? But as long as you know you, it's up to you, which goes back to accountability. You must know that you're being honest, that you're being truthful, because also it's your healing process with interacting this per- with this person. Not saying it, it has to be a selfish exchange. Maybe you can have a mutual exchange. But from your part, you have to understand that you are doing this as a manner of processing and offloading. And you can't offload a lie and remain with the truth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And also, it, it doesn't have to be every day. Even if you just find one person that you totally relate to, that you are completely vulnerable with and you feel seen, and you can talk to them once a week about how your week has been, I think for me that is that is enough. Not necessarily enough, but that is definitely a starting point. And for some people, it's enough. Like for me personally, I feel like it's enough. I have a sister whom is my personal diary. I can, I can put on a front here and there. I can put on a front to this person. I can... I can just try and navigate my way out of certain situations. But with her, I'm going to be like, okay, now I'm sitting down and I'm being for real. Even if it's one day a week where I'm just like, yo, bro, I haven't been feeling really good. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm so happy and I'm worried that it might be, you know, because sometimes we get so happy that you worry that something is going to go wrong and you need someone to just tell that to sometimes, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Let us not spend too much time on that because I feel like I've spent so much time elaborating on stuff. Oh my goodness, I feel like I'm making up for all the time that I haven't been on this platform. Telling myself that I'm going to record an episode and I wasn't doing it. And now my spirit is just like, yeah, we're going to make up for 10 episodes, nigga. Sorry about that as well. Next point. Okay, another thing that has really helped me in just processing my thoughts and emotions over and above speaking to someone is journaling because sometimes I find that over and above speaking to someone, I still need to process that thing in my own space and in my own manner. I don't know if I'm making sense, but also I feel like sometimes it can be a substitute for speaking to someone because there are days where I want to process something, but I don't necessarily need feedback from it. You know, sometimes when you speak to someone, you want to feel seen. You want to feel like someone relates to you or you relate to someone else or you just need advice. And there are things where you don't need advice. You don't need any of those things. 
you're just like i need to figure this shit out on my own or i need to 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 see where i'm going with this thought or i need to see where this came from and what's the roots and what triggered it there are some things that we just need to process on our own or sometimes you may feel like people are not completely a safe space for you and I think that journaling can be a starting point where you just like, let me sit down with my thoughts. And it's not necessarily bad things that we need to journal. I found personally that I was telling, a, <laughs> sorry about that. I was telling my sister the other day that I find that I struggle with positive emotions as much as I struggle with negative emotions. Like when I'm too happy, I start be, being worried. Like, things are going too well. What's going to go wrong? Am I supposed to be too happy? Do I deserve to be too happy? Oh, my gosh. Aren't I supposed to be working? Why am I Why am I celebrating? You know, all those things. It's not necessarily negative emotions that we need to navigate. But I found, in my experience, that it's also positive emotions that we need to embrace. You know what I mean? So, I think journaling helps with both sides of the spectrum. And it also just helps us emphasize on accountability because if you are honest in your journal entries, you're the only person who has access to that diary or journal. So why are you lying? What are you lying? Go, what are you lying? You're going to tell the truth to those pages. And the truth sometimes is like, you are wrong. And it comes back to accountability where it's like, oh my gosh, I had this whole experience and I'm wrong. How can I fix it? Journaling for me is just another way to reflect on a deeper level. But it's also up to you as a human being. Because it's also up to you to be honest with yourself. As people, we even lie to ourselves. Like even just lie to ourselves in our thoughts and in our imaginations. And you're like, girl, you know that's not possible. But you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, well, um, I've convinced myself. Journaling, I think it's like a, a matter of unconvincing and stating the facts and being objective, but also being compassionate and kind because you are your own best friend. Imagine not being kind to your best friend, girl. And boy, that would be tragic. Another thing I like about journaling, it's also just not necessarily focusing on the past and reflecting, but it's also futuristic in a manner that it allows you to manifest. You write things down, you go back six six months down the line you're like ah man this thing i wrote down most six months ago it already came true and it increases your gratitude levels because you're like god i wrote it down and it came true and thank you i never thought and sometimes when you go back to the things you've written and you figure out they worked exactly the way you wanted them to work out sometimes they work out even better it just puts you in this other state. It just puts you in a different spiritual state, fam. Those who know what I'm talking about, no. Those who don't know, try it. You'll know. Alright, guys. Alright, we doing well. We are almost done. Number eight. One thing that has helped me, but it's also made me realize that it is my passion. It is exercise. Well, I did mention that I realized that I really love running. I love it. And it's not even for like um, race purposes or I don't want to race. I don't want to. I don't want to do none of those things. I just love. I love running and I love 
running by myself with my earphones on and listening to music and looking at nature. That's my best form of running. I don't want to run under pressure. I don't want to run with people. I just, yeah. But anyway, exercise. We already know that biologically and scientifically, it boosts your moods through hormones and endorphins. But I like running because I've found that in my experience, it also helps with my creativity. Not only because like being outside means, okay, this point is not even about running. It's about exercise. But I think mine is going to be affected more on running because 70% of my exercise is running. Like 30% is yoga. So it just helps with my creativity. Also because I run outside, I declutter my mind. I take in nature, I think new thoughts. I think, you know, that's when my thoughts are renewed. That's when my inspiration is renewed. And that's where I see new things and nature. And I'm like, hmm, I could create that. I could create this. I could do this. I could be a CEO. I could be a CFO. I could be a founder. I could be an author. That's when I have all those thoughts when I'm running. So it just cultivates my creativity. It boosts my mood. And also, I realized that for me personally, running helps me feel grounded because I feel like I'm in my body. And when I feel like I'm in my body, I realize how small of a body it is compared to the outer bigger world. And again, I feel like I'm in my body in this world, in this big thing. And there's a higher power and I feel grounded. But at the same time, I'm toning up, I'm getting abs. You know what I mean? You know the vibes. Anyway, (laughs) my ninth point, I'm going to fit it into this point, is practicing gratitude. So I started doing this thing last year where I bought a jar. And in this jar, I put in a stick note every day of one thing I'm grateful for. There are random days. Like, literally, I could write, I've written so many times before. I'm like, God... I'm grateful that I have all of my limbs and I can run. And I literally write that after runs because I'm like, there are people who wish they could have ran this morning, but they lost a leg. Before my dad passed away, he lost his left leg. Not really lost, they amputated it. Cause, so it made me appreciate like even my physical form even more. Things I take for granted, I'm like, God, thank you, I have both eyes. My hearing senses are perfect. I can run, I can walk. If I wanted to do backflips right now, which I can't do, but if I, you know, I could do them, there are people who wish you could do that, but they can't. So gratitude and the smallest things. God, thank you have shelter. It makes you realize how blessed you are because I think also we live in an era of social media and constant gratification and all these things constantly coming up on our pages where it's like, who and who, so-and-so has this. This and this is this. This and who and who just did this. Though and though just got married. And it's like, ah, but me, what about me? And it's like, when you take a moment every day and be like, God, what am I grateful for today? You realize that even before you write it down, you have so many things to choose from. It can be five. Because you can be grateful for running water and be grateful for food, grateful for life. Grateful that you have shelter, clothing, friends. And already from those things, you have to choose one. It's like, yeah, actually, it's a lot. That's when you realize that, you know, we are really blessed. And I'm sorry if you don't feel like that now. But, like, the fact that you are breathing. 
I hope one day you realize that that is a blessing in itself. And also what I like about being grateful, it teaches you how to be present. And not only does it teach you how to be present, but it also multiplies those current blessings that you are grateful for. If you say, I'm grateful for shelter, God, thank you. God is like, "Mm, you deserve more. And it also just launches you into dreaming for bigger things. I'm just going to say it from my perspective because I've had times where I would go through my gratitude notes or like journaling, like what I was saying about how you can use journaling for manifesting. And you go back to it and you're like, ah, these things are all them down and they actually happened. What bigger? How bigger can I dream and can I write down that can actually happen for me? Because I realize that your possibilities are actually bigger than before or that they are limitless. Because, wow, I actually thought that was like a tiny... Sometimes you write things down not even thinking they're going to come true and they do and you're like, oh, okay. What else can I try next just as a test? You know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I like that. So, my last point is prayer. And I do not want to offend people with this one. I don't want I don't want people thinking I'm enforcing a certain type of belief on them or I'm trying to, you know what I mean? By prayer, I just mean surrender surrendering to the fact that you know that there's a higher power there's a higher spirit there's a manifestation of you that started somewhere beyond you you know what i mean and it's just acknowledging that you didn't create yourself so if you didn't create yourself someone must have or something must have and that thing has a higher authority in your life than you do. That's what I mean by prayer. I think by prayer, I mean surrender. And by prayer, it's about uttering words of mouth that emphasize the fact that you trust the process. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I just said that. That wasn't me. That was my higher power. Let me say that again. By prayer, it's uttering words of mouth that Emphasize that you believe and that you trust the process. Okay, I didn't say it the way that I said it the first time. But yeah, that's what prayer is about for me. It's just acknowledging that there's a higher power who created me. And if I don't know what I'm doing on this earth, then that power knows why they created me. So I need to go back to them to source out the reasons why I'm here. And while I'm sourcing out the reasons why I'm here... I need to trust that they are answering me. And even when they don't answer me in the manner that I I expect them to answer me in, I need to trust that things are still unfolding in the way that it was written in the stars for me, my life, and my creation. Prayer for me is just about knowing that I wasn't created by chance. Let me say that. Prayer for me, is acknowledging that I wasn't created by chance. So therefore, I need to intercede on my own behalf and find out why I was created and be open to being guided into 
the realms and into you know into the intelligence of why i was created in the first place so i think prayer has really kept me grounded because it reminds me that i'm not here on my own wheel you know that you know that song got motherfuckers saying the maid hove maid hove say okay so make another hove I figured I can't make another lichie, so I need to surrender to the person who made this lichie in the first place. So that's my whole prayer point. Prayer, for me, equals surrender. So yeah. Okay guys, thank you so much that you've listened up until this point. I'm really, really grateful. And I hope that this episode was useful to you. And that you are able to take away from it whatever resonated with you and helps you become into a better person, most importantly for yourself more than anyone else, so you can show up for everyone else in your life thereafter, after you've showed up for yourself. And I was just really hoping that going forward, I'm going to try and release an episode every week, you know, and just be consistent. I'm still trying to figure out which day of the week it's going to be. And... I would just like you guys to maybe give me an idea of what perspective you'd like me to share or topic you'd like me to touch on and we can just bounce off ideas and perspectives off that and maybe if I have an experience I'm going to share that experience based on that but I just want us to be a spiritually nurturing and enriching community just for ourselves more than anyone else. Because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I also am hoping in future to do like music lineups and reviews. Hopefully, hopefully in the further future I'll do music interviews. Because I'm really passionate about music. Especially hip-hop and rap music. I'm passionate about poetry. So we'll see how that goes. Literature, I love that. Yeah, so anyway... If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you. And I hope you come back for the next episode. And I have, I really hope that you took something away tonight or today that is going to help you become a better person. And I just want to say thank you. Don't forget to be kind to yourself so that you can be kind to the next person. I love you guys. God bless you. Goodbye. Until next time. Mwah.